Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that the sponsor is Audible. I'm going to talk about them in the middle of today's episode, so please stay tuned for that. And please support Talking Metal by going to visit Audible and using our links and codes and all that type of stuff. And also you can support us with a PayPal donation or by simply using our Amazon links. Uh, just click on over to Amazon and do your shopping. The only uh, additional step is you know going to Talking Metal first and using our links to clink, click, clink, click over to Amazon. We got some great guests, Joel from White Snake, Corey from Trivium. This is a good episode. Here we go. Hey, this is Kevin from Experiment 34, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, everybody, this is Joel Hoekstra from White Snake, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Corey from Trivium, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast, home of all things hard rock and heavy metal. I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. Now, let's get things started with the Talking Metal theme song, written by Rob Halford, Metal Mike, and Roy Z. Hey guys, on today's episode, Joel Hoekstra from Whitesnake. Cannot wait to see Whitesnake. Uh, one of the next concerts I'm going to is Whitesnake uh, in New Jersey on June 21st. Definitely come out to Jersey, come over to Jersey, 
Come down to Jersey, come up to Jersey, and see Whitesnake on June 21st. Joel Hoekstra on guitar for Mr. David Coverdale and Whitesnake. Love Whitesnake. Saw them back in the day in Rhode Island with ooh, with Great White opening up. One of my greatest rock and roll memories, seeing that show. It was such a great tour The uh, almost 30 years ago. Wow, almost 30 years ago that I, that I saw that tour. And, um, yeah, so Joel obviously wasn't with them at that point. He was probably a little too young to, to be out on the road touring. Um, I think this Joel's probably a little younger than I am, actually. He uh, grew up in the Chicago area like I did, and um, then he moved to uh, New York, it ended up in New York at some point doing some Broadway stuff. He was on the Broadway production of Rock of Ages. It's the first time I think I ever saw him. Uh, then I got to see him again when he was the musical guest on that metal show, which I was working on as a producer last year and great guy. I really like Joel and I really like his guitar playing. So it's just uh, great that he's out there doing it again with Whitesnake this year. Corey from Trivium is also on the show. I connected with him backstage at the rock in Derby. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to ra- wrap up my our, our coverage of the Rock and Derby, which took place in May 2016 outside of Albany, New York, uh, on this episode. So we're going we're gonna to hit my interview I did with Corey from Trivium. He's the guitarist in Trivium at the Rock Derby backstage. And also, we got Kevin from a cool new band called Experiment 34. They're from New Jersey. But I connected with them again at the Rock and Derby up in uh, outside of Albany, New York, probably about 30 minutes outside of Albany, New York on a farm on 4H fairgrounds. Uh, It was a blast. My wife and I had so much fun up there. Got to see Dokken, Trivium, Coheed and Cambria, 6AM, Extreme. Sebastian Bach, I was very impressed with his set. Great, great set by Sebastian Bach. Chevy Metal with Taylor Hawkins played there. Um, So many great bands. Of course, Anthrax, who I love. Megadeth. We had a lot of fun. Hal Storm was another, put on a great, great set. Ghost, one of my favorite bands of the last 10 years. Ghost, always love seeing them play live. And they were great. Started raining like when they were on stage. But I tell you what, I'll, I'll throw some shots up from uh, the Rock Derby in today's show notes of Trivium, of Ghost, uh, some of Dokken, and maybe some 6 a.m. photos. I'll, I'll throw a few live shots that Emily took, Emily, my wife, took at the Rock Derby back a couple weeks ago in uh, upstate New York. Cool. So let's uh, let's let's do this. Let's get into a little Joel Hoekstra music. This is Joel Hoekstra's Thirteen is the name of the project or band, and and the album that this song comes off of is called Dying to Live. This song is called Scream. If you don't know the Dying to Live record, go pick it up. It's on iTunes. It's uh, it's great stuff. Great stuff. Great rock and roll. It's not a shredder record either. It's not. It's a it's a record with vocals and songs and and good good hard rock and metal music by by Joel. So let's check out a little music off the Dying to Live record right now, and then we'll get into my interview with Joel Hoekstra from Whitesnake. Yeah. Yeah. 
else can deny You are the cause overflowing with flaws And you best not forget till you Hey, it's Mark Striegel, and phoning into Talking Metal, we have Joel Hoekstra. Joel, how are you? I'm great, Mark. Thanks so much for having me on. You bet. The song we just heard coming into the interview here was called Scream. It is off your Dying to Live record, and I was, I was just watching the video for that. It's, uh, it's, it's great. Can we talk a little bit about who's in the, in the video and on the song with you? Um, Vinny Appice, obviously, on the drums, uh, bass and vocals. Who, who do we have on that song? Uh, it's Tony Franklin on bass. Uh, people would know from Blue Murder and The Firm. Um, and on vocals, that's, uh, my friend, Jeff Scott Soto, uh, obviously one of the great singers in rock today. And, uh, actually Derek Sherinian played keys on it too. You can kind of hear some organ going throughout the track on the record itself. There's a keyboard solo, but I couldn't connect with Derek schedule wise on the video. So I, I, I made a special version with the sitar solo. I didn't want to just have a, a keyboard solo go by right. with no, no keyboard player there in the video. So. Anyway, I figured that's kind of cool. Anyway, it's got a video remix uh, uh, thing happening. So, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. And when you do a video like that, do, does each guy kind of just shoot their parts individually, and you put them together in the edit room? That's the way it had to be done with that particular one. Yeah, because I was on the road with White Snake the whole time, and really, all everybody in that <laughs> on my album is super busy. So, yeah, it's a uh, you know green screen central, man. Uh, and thanks, thankfully, uh, you know, Tyler did a, a great job of um, editing together uh, everything and, and really just made it look cool. I mean, uh, he did a phenomenal job considering it's really just Vinny and Tony were shot together, actually, okay. in Southern California. Okay. Uh, so they were they were technically together, but Jeff and I were on our own. Uh, so he did a great job, I think, of making a cool video out of very little. I mean, we just gave him content of each guy playing the song, I'd say, four or five times uh, right. with different angles and things like that. So um, Tyler, kudos to Tyler. He had he had done the uh, Stormbringer video for Whitesnake, and uh, he just kind of came to mind. I said, you know, see, see what he can do with this. And, and he really um, made something out of nothing. 
Yeah, absolutely. You got the the great song, the the great guys in the band, and let's not forget about the the, the video model, the video vixen. The video babe. I yeah. never met the video babe. Uh, That's totally. Okay. Tyler did that all on his own. He he shot the he shot the uh, cutaway footage um, in the Reno area. There, he lives right by David Coverdale. Um, in fact, David's got him working on stuff all the time. But anyway. Uh, yeah, he, he did a, a phenomenal job, really. Uh, so, and getting the video babe on there was a nice touch. Um, yeah. I, I, was, I was excited. I was like, I have a video babe. Awesome. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, we need more of that in, in uh, music videos nowadays. <laughs> and that song, again, is Scream. We're going to have it linked through today's show notes. The video, uh, Joel and I are talking about, it'll be up in today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com. And that comes off of Joel Hoekstra's 13 album, which is uh, called Dying to Live. And what, about less than a year old, I would say, right? How old is that record now? With this yeah, record? it came out in October. Uh, of 15 so yeah it's yeah. still really only six months old it's funny how or seven months i suppose at this time or eight geez i can't count uh but yeah it's it's funny how that passes quickly huh it's like well that feels like old news and it's like well only eight months ago yeah well if if the listeners missed the record they definitely need to go back and check it out because as you mentioned jeff scott soto who's done so much great stuff through the years is on the record with you but there's also a, another pretty big name singer on the record with you who, who would that be joel russell allen from um symphony x and adrenaline mob he's amazing man. what a great singer uh so having those those two guys sing on it and as i said the lineup vinnie apathy tony franklin and Dirk sharinian i mean those they were all really great to help me out it was an album that i did all the writing on and like the, the lyrics and everything and the melodies and i i I just kind of wanted to make a band sounding record, even though it's not a band, uh, if that makes sense. I didn't want to make a guitar record. I already have a couple of those out from years ago, and everybody does that, and everybody's heard every guitar player play fast and fancy by now, and I just kind of wanted to do something like, if this was my band, you know, this would, this would be the way I'd want it to sound, and um, and that's really, the, the, the I guess, the idea behind making that album, really. Do you ever envision a day where you'd put together uh, a band, whether it's those guys or not, you know, but some some actual players and go out on the road and, and place maybe stuff off of that record or, or other stuff? Definitely. I mean, I'm still trying to organize getting that lineup out to um, to play um, or to, taking a, a hard look at uh, the Monsters of Rock Cruise next year at getting that organized and together. And, uh, you know, it, it's looking good, actually. So um, that would be really fun for me and a big step just to, you know, get that out and play those songs live would be really fun. And I'll take it from there, man. I mean, it's obviously I'm a pretty busy guy with, with Whitesnake and all the other touring things I have going on. And it's just a matter of finding things that would make sense for everybody. And that's hard because the money's not always there. You know, you can't ask Vinny Apathy to go out for 50 bucks. <laughs> and right. Like, you know, Hey man, we're going to have some uh, great catering backstage <laughs> and uh, yeah. great exposure for you. Vinny. Uh, I mean, so it's just a matter of you know, making sure I don't insult anybody by asking them to go out for very little money or anything. And, uh, but I, I'm personally, I'd love to do it. Obviously, it'd be a big step for me to uh, get out and support that album live and make a follow up. And um, so we'll see. I'm working at it. 
Cool. Well, good luck and keep us posted. Uh, I wanted to get into the Whitesake stuff. I bought my tickets for the June 21st performance at the Wellmont Theater uh, right by my house uh, in Montclair, New Jersey. It's a great, great venue, and I'm totally psyched to see you guys uh, play this theater. Have you been out to the Wellmont ever? I believe I have. Yeah, I think I just went there uh, to see. Didn't Huey Lewis just play there? Yes. I think that's the yeah, place I yeah, went yeah, to. Yeah. 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 So my friend Steph Burns um, plays guitar for Huey, and I saw it was oddly enough. I went to go see Huey Lewis and News. It was a great show, man. Just really, Steph is such a he's an amazing guitar player. There's some really nice guitar work in that music, and uh, so it was a fun night, and I got to meet Huey and all that good stuff. And, Cool. Well, yeah. I'm totally psyched to see you and the White Snake guys there. Um, I want to talk to you about the tour and about who is currently in White Snake. I believe it's the same lineup that you've had for a little while. Am I correct on that? Same lineup as last year. Yeah, the last tour, everything went so well. Everybody uh, bonded. We got along so well. David enjoyed everybody's company and everybody's. Uh, musical contributions. So yeah, he's he you know gave us another a year of of taking it out. So I mean, uh, technically, David usually only tours every other year. So I think he was pretty enthused about the way things went last year uh, with this particular lineup in terms of our chemistry and just the overall work environment for him. I think so much of it uh, for guys like him that are veterans and you know obviously legendary. Uh, performer i mean he just wanted to be uh, to sound great and everybody to get along no drama and none of that you know that makes it a bummer for those guys if right. uh whatever bandmates are sparring or whatever but it's it's really been great being with these guys and uh tommy aldridge is a, a living legend so you not only have david coverdale of that status but really tommy i mean this guy talk about a phenomenal career tommy the other night is talking about uh you know, Randy Rhodes uh, and Gary Moore meeting and it's just, you know, him being there for that. He's played with each of those guys. Right. And, and I mean, just an amazing career that all the guys that he knows and has played with. Um, so I just try and absorb everything I can from guys like Coverdale and Tommy, because they've just, they've done it all. There's no, your stories aren't going to compete with theirs. <laughs> so you just try and go, Hey man, let me just learn what I can from these guys. This is special. Um, and to be in a guitar scene with Red Beach is also really amazing for me. I really like working with Rev, and um, we got great guys running out the band with Michael Devin on bass, um, who's not only an amazing bass player and performer, but he's one of the funniest guys I've ever been in a band with. I mean, the band bus is just nonstop laughs, and uh, we've got a great keyboard player uh, all the way from Italy, uh, Michele Lupi, who's uh, an amazing vocalist, actually, so he really brings a, a great background vocals to the band. Uh, we don't do any tracks at all. Uh, so for us, it's important to have guys like him in there who just are amazing singers as well. Um, you know, we like to keep it real with the, as far as the, um, the live presentation and, and not do any added tracks or anything. So. Excellent. And you're currently in rehearsals or have rehearsals wrapped at this point? We actually have our second show tonight here in Dallas. Okay. So we started up um, in Oklahoma, and now tonight in Dallas, we're just going to hit a few cities here in Texas. I think it's, um, uh, I think Dallas, Houston, San Antonio. So I, I think overall, right now, the plan is 
uh, like five, six weeks here in the States and then a little break in five, six in Europe. And then um, there's some stuff that hasn't been announced yet that's coming. So I, I can't say anything about it, unfortunately, but um, there's more to it that hasn't been announced. So everybody can kind of just keep an eye on whitesnake.com for tour dates. And, um, and please come on out. It's the greatest hits tour this year. I mean, the set list is just stupid, dude. It's so great. Um, we're just like every song is uh, if you're a white snake fan it's your dream set list really cool well i'm definitely a white snake fan going way back i think the first time i saw them was back in like 87 88 on that self-titled uh album tour which i'm sure you're probably hitting a, a lot off of that record yeah of course i mean that 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 album is just <laughs> iconic man really that was that was really i think for a minute there everybody's favorite album and in 1987 and 1988 that was like the the album to be listening to now you know next year of course will be the 30th anniversary of of that album and you you guys are currently out doing this greatest hits tour do you think you would come back around to do something to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the self-titled white snake album you know there's there's been an awful lot of talk of just what his plans are. And, and to be totally honest, I don't think David even knows at this point. I think he's this far yeah, where we are is where he's at. If that makes sense. I mean, I know he has intentions to uh, retire soon and he's gone on record as 2017, but he hasn't really stated if that's the beginning of, or the end of 2017. Um, so certainly, I mean, we're just going to, kick ass and make it difficult for him to want to hang it up. <laughs> you know, I just want to have fun with him and, and be a good band for him to uh, come out and work with. And, and hopefully he'll keep going for a bit. And, and that certainly would be, that'd be amazing to play the 87 album. I, I don't really know. And I don't think David knows either exactly what his plans are with everything. There's, and that's, that same goes for making an album. There's been a lot of questions about whether or not we're going to do that. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's been some creative work, just like there's been talk about um, different touring scenarios. But in the end, all that stuff comes up to it, it's up to David. Obviously, it's it, this is very much uh, his his band, and um, you know, we're all obviously hoping to do all of that. We'd love to make an album with them and um, have them continue touring because it's uh, I mean, it's a great band to be a part of. Absolutely. And has there been any like preliminary songwriting stuff done? Yeah, we've, we've done some little, yeah, there's been some creative work done uh, all the way across the board with the band. So, I mean, in terms of what, what David wants to do with it, that no one knows. And I don't even think David knows at this point. Um, I mean, I think that that's a big commitment for him to say, let's do this. He likes to spend a lot of time making an album and, and really dig in. So um, I think a lot of it is just going to come down to how things are going out here. And when he looks at the future, what he, how he wants to spend his time. Uh, but it's kind of, yeah, it's really my job not to worry about it so much, but kind of be there when he wants to do this stuff. Right. Um, and so I, I have had the opportunity to do a little bit of uh, sitting down and being creative with him musically. And, and it went really well. And, um, it's, it's kind of, you know, keep my fingers crossed on that really. Cool. Cause uh, obviously anybody would love to have that opportunity if they, they, you know, like, would you want to write an album with David Carverdale and put out? Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. It sounds great. You know? Now David was just inducted to the rock and roll hall of fame for his work with deep purple and, 
Also, you guys last, I guess it was last year, you put out the Purple Record, which was White Snake versions of a lot of David's classics from the Deep Purple days. Uh, I can imagine there's uh, hopefully still a couple Purple songs in the set list on this tour. Uh, well, it being only the second show, unfortunately, you're getting me a little too early on this because the set right, list okay. hasn't gotten out there too badly yet. So I, right. I don't really want to divulge, but I mean, I could just tell everybody it's, it's the greatest hits tour and okay. every song is a winner, man. There's just, there's not one song that you're going to be like, ah, I don't know this one, you know? Right. <laughs> so, um, it's really an amazing set when you see all the white neck hits back to back. It's like, geez, this is like killing set so i've certainly i don't know if i'll ever have the opportunity in my life to play a better set of music so uh it's really it's exciting for us really cool i remember when i was working on that metal show you did the uh the guest guitar spot for us on one of the episodes and and your tone in in the studio there was just so great can you uh tell us what you're currently playing through and what you're out taking out in the road with white snake on this tour, as far as gear goes. Yeah. I had the, the five custom guitars made when I joined the band. Um, I sort of had the vision of having, uh, white snake medallion set into, um, a Les Paul and a Strat. And obviously you need a backup on each end of it. So I had a white and a black Les Paul made by Gibson, uh, custom, um, and they basically had these medallions made in a mint. So it's pretty cool. They're real medallions set into the body, the white snake medallion that everybody would recognize from any of the albums. Um, and so having the, the black and the white Les Paul last year, we were doing deep purple stuff and every once in a while you want that single coil sound. So I, I had uh, Mike Tempesta Fender do the same, uh, with USA strats for me. Uh, and those sound great, really great. And then this small company called Atomic Guitar Works out of Arizona uh, built me a Les Paul-style guitar that's um, entirely Swarovski crystal on the top, uh, purple with a gold uh, WS. And uh, it's so amazing looking that you almost can't break it out to play a normal song because people point <laughs> and all that right. stuff. Like, right. check out that guitar. So the, I guess all the... Uh, all the factors led me to go, you know what? I think I'll just play this for my actual guitar solo on stage because, you know, as a kid, I remember Vivian Campbell coming out with the guitar with the neon outline. They'd kind of turn the lights off and you'd see just the outline of the guitar flashing. It's like, I'll kick ass. (laughs) So this kind of became that kind of guitar for me. The, the, the showpiece, the kind of really flashy guitar you break out for the, the solo in the middle. Right now, when you uh, say so you, you, saw, like, you saw Vivian, was that on the White Snake tour that he did? I saw him with White Snake, but I this the concert that I'm referring to is actually Dio. Okay, I, as a kid, I saw Dio uh, seventh row on I think it was the last line tour, a Twisted Sister opening. Um, it was such a great concert. It's probably the favorite concert I've I ever went to. So awesome, man. Uh, Ronnie James Dio is amazing. I think, you know, Absolutely. the greatest hard rock singer, I think, you know, um, it just, you know, he's just so inspiring, man. Absolutely. Uh, he's missed. Uh, anyway, but yeah, back yeah, to the gear. Where was I with it all? Yeah. Amplifiers. Uh, amps, uh, I've been yeah. using those Friedman free. They're called Friedman. They're, they're basically just like a hot rotted Marshall, uh, Friedman B 100 heads. And those sound great. Um, they've done, done me really proud out here. And I use the fractal axe effects that people use a lot of times for modeling, but only for my effects. 
So okay. I just run that in the loop for. Um, the only thing I really use with Whitesnake is reverb and delay. It's not really a chorus type guitar gig or fancy effects. I mean, it's very much still a the Les Paul into the Marshall formula. I don't have much in my chain. I, I, I think the idea is to keep your setup simple. Right. Um, it's just less that can go wrong, and everything you add in kind of eats tone. So if it's going to be something you're going to just use for a little thing here and there, it, it's, that, this is not that style of music. You know, a lot of pop guys have those ginormous pedal boards and um, all that stuff, and they're using each pedal for four measures in one song or something. It's like, not, you know, it's very much still a plug-in, your Les Paul to a Marshall-style amp and right. let it rip, you know? You know, let me ask you, as as somebody who's a musician and a guitarist and someone who understands tones and sounds, you know, I ask a lot of guitar players that come on this show uh, what, what gear they're using, and I, I feel like in more recent years I'm getting so many people saying, well... I'm not even using amps. I'm using a Kemper or a Line Six, and I'm just running direct. What to me that just seems like it, it it could potentially affect the sound and make it not as real sounding. Um, but maybe not. I mean, what's your opinion on people who nowadays aren't even using amps on stage? I think the main difference that people miss a lot of times is just. Uh, pushing air on stage through a 412 cabinet back at your guitar because when that sound is coming um, loud, it's not necessarily that you're pushing the tubes of your head, but it's that your pickups are actually picking up the sound of your guitar again and getting uh, inherent sustain from that. Um, just building that, that circle of sound, as it were, where what you're producing out of it is coming back into your guitar um, that just leads to sustain. I mean, that's why Angus Young gets such amazing sustain with so little gain. He's right. so effing loud on stage. Um, I know that guy, you know guys that have teched for him say like he's not even in the PA in stadiums. He's that loud on stage. Wow. Um, just what you're hearing is kind of coming through the vocal mics, <laughs> so, like through the PA with him. Hence, um, so, Brian Johnson's but, yeah, hearing damage. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, think of like when you see Angus play. I mean, he gives, there's very little gain. It's not um, it's not a heavily distorted sound, yet he gets all that sustain, and it's just from volume. So I think that's the main thing that you lose when you go to use direct units. Um, I've noticed from you know you have to gate it then if it's a little if the power is dirty in some places and your sustain kind of sucks. So. Um, the gigs that I've gone direct for, I usually use the Fernandez sustainer too to kind of emulate the feedback thing. Okay. Uh, but it, in my book, the, it's still the best thing if you're in a if you're in a work environment where you can have a real amp and be loud on stage and play with a good good sounding guitar and a good sounding amp and keep it simple is really where you get the best tone. But uh, that being said, I mean all of these things are catching up big time. So I think it's it's only a matter of time till that stuff becomes the the total industry standard. Um, it's already kind of getting there. And, the, you know, the Kempers, that's great because they can – it's not necessarily a modeler but an actual profiler. So you can take some of your favorite amps and, and put it in. And um, certainly Fractal's got so many – uh, amp models inside it that it's uh, that's a great great tool uh, for playing and I've also used the 11 rack quite a bit with uh, Pro Tools just off of like you know, doing sessions for TV and things like that that's a really great um, direct piece so 
I think all gear has its place, its time and place. Personally, I wouldn't want to use it with Whitesnake. I still yeah. get off on the organicness of, 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 of what I'm doing with it, with it, the, you know, the Friedman amp and Les Paul. Cool. Absolutely. And, and one last question for you. you. You mentioned session work. You know, I've seen you do shows on, on Broadway. Um, as a musician, are you, are you a guy who, who learned to read music well? And, and do, you, do you have the need to read music in your, uh, your career? Well, fine, read music well, I guess, right? That's totally, uh, that's all relative. But yeah, I read. I, as a kid, I learned to play cello and piano, so I was reading when I was very young. And then with guitar, uh, I did a couple years of college of just classical guitar. So okay. I, I definitely read now. But that that being said, you build up like different skill sets when you're reading classical. You're better at sharp keys, and so if you pull out like um, the real book with like jazz standards, yes, it's like um, flat key signatures. Um, and the time is a little more syncopated than it is in classical. I'm maybe not as strong at that, right. but I've, well, over the years I've done things like, you know, sub for my friend on pit gigs where that forces you to look at 80 pages of sheet music or whatever, even more a hundred and learn to read it really well. But that being said, if you threw that in front of me and said, you get a site, read this down, no way. Yeah. Um, but if you if you give me a chord chart, definitely I can read my way through. I know you know many versions of different chords and can read a chord chart. And um, yeah, I mean a very funny story because I just I was in Vegas to be. Uh, I played on a few songs on Michael Sweet's solo album that's coming out. Oh, okay. Michael Sweet from Striper, and um, there's a video for one of them. So I was in Vegas for a couple of days for that, and. Um, Oz Fox, their guitar player from Striper, came to hang out, and he drove me to his house to hang out for a minute. And and uh, Oz has been really working on jazz, and so it was funny. He broke out a couple charts of songs, and there we were, you know, like him, uh, two two like hard rock guitar players are known for playing hard rock these days. It was pretty funny. We're playing jazz together. Um, just, but it was it was fun. It was a, a good bonding moment for him and I to just kind of be friends. To to uh, it's like your kids again, just you know enjoying guitar more than um, talking rock or your bands and stuff. You know. Cool. Any young guitar players? I'm talking like twenty somethings that that you've been excited by lately or that have caught your eye. Oh my gosh. There's so many. Are you kidding? Really? Nowadays with YouTube, man, you just, every other day you're seeing somebody that kicks your ass technically. So, um, yeah, I, I, the, the guy's name is going to escape me, but I just saw, I, there's a guy out there that's, um, I think he's from Italy, but he plays finger style at classical, but on an SG and he's faster than anybody I've ever seen. <laughs> it's really like well. the craziest cops in the world. Um, but he's out of his mind. Um, my buddy Hayden uh, Maringer is um, a young guy who's in the pop world, but he's got chops that are just like insane. It's like a robot. Right on. Right on. <laughs> his hands are just uh, killing it. And I, you know, a little bit older, but still like lesser known. My friend Andy Wood. He's um, he's you know making his way up. Right. He had the Scott's uh, staff gig for a bit, and he, now he's doing the uh, Rascal Flats gig and. Um, but he's amazing, man. His, um, his ability to play every style is, is stupid, amazing chops. So, I mean, there are so many great players out there technically these days that you just kind of go, well, I'm just going to try and do the best I can with 
who I am and what I'm doing and, and hope for the best, you know? Awesome. Cool. Well, Joel, thanks so much for talking with us on Talking Metal. Again, we encourage all the Talking Metal listeners to definitely check White Snake out on this current run of dates, this current tour. I will be at the June 21st show at the Wellmont Theater in Montclair, New Jersey. If you're in the area, definitely come down to that show. And uh, Joel, yeah, hope to say hi to you at that show. Definitely, man. We'll definitely well t- touch base with me so we can get that arranged and we can... Um, make sure that we have an opportunity to say hi in person. Excellent. Excellent. Well, good luck with the upcoming shows. And uh, again, yeah, looking forward to seeing you play live with White Snake. All right. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate you taking the time out today. Okay. Take care, Joel. Okay, Mark. Bye.
What you just heard was Bad Boys by Whitesnake. What a classic. Totally psyched to see Whitesnake. Uh, check them out on this tour. And guys, before we uh, get into anything else, I'm going to just uh, do a little, little break here and, and tell you about Audible. Do you love books, but you find you never have the time to read them? Well, Audible.com has the perfect solution. Get audiobooks and listen to those books you've been meaning to read while on the go. At the gym, during your commute, Audible.com provides over 250,000 titles from leading audio book publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Um, I, you know, I've been recently the last month or so commuting, I got to like drive in the car, which I don't usually do. Um, but every day I've been driving in the car to work and I've been going to audible.com and listening to some of the new star Wars books that have been released. Um, because there's nothing I can do. I can't edit a podcast while I'm driving a car. I can't read while I'm driving a car, but what I can do is listen to books and it's great. It's great. You guys have to check out audible.com. Please support what we're doing here on Talking Metal and go to audible.com and enjoy some of the, the great books they have. Again, over 250,000 titles. Awesome. Their app is free. It works on iPhones, iPads, Androids, and Windows phones. You can download and listen on your Kindle Fire. And over 500 MP3 players are compatible with it. And unlike uh, a streaming or rental service, with Audible, you actually own these books. They're yours. They don't disappear you know, when you're done with Audible. So you can access your books anytime, anywhere, right from your smartphone. Audible.com also has the great listen guarantee. If you decide you don't like the book, you choose... No worries. You can exchange any book you aren't happy with for another title anytime, no questions asked. And just for our listeners, audible.com is offering a free 30-day trial membership. You can go to audible.com slash talking metal today to start your free trial immediately. Again, show your support for talking metal and get a free 30-day trial at audible.com slash talking metal. I will have that linked through today's show notes. Um, definitely support the show, guys, and do it by going to audible.com slash talking metal and getting that three, that 30, I'm sorry, that 30-day free trial membership. It's, uh, it's great. Listen, if you don't like it, just cancel before 30 days are up. Um, but I know you're going to like it because it's a great service. Great service. Love these guys. Audible.com slash talking metal. Thanks. All right. Heard a little white snake there before. Heard some of Joel's, uh, Joel Hoekstra's solo music with the song Scream. Go download Scream off of iTunes featuring Jeff Scott Soto. And right now, let's get into a little trivium. This is called Until the World Goes Cold. And right after that song, right after this song, we will hear from Corey from Trivium recorded backstage at the Rock and Derby. As I crawl 
We are backstage at the Rock and Derby in upstate New York, and we are talking with Corey of Trivium. You guys just did Rock and the Range. How'd that go for you? Amazing. Uh, third time playing Rock and the Range, and it was definitely the uh, best one we've ever had. Crowd was crazy, and uh, a lot of people came out to see us and check us out, and it seemed, uh, seemed like everyone was digging it, and we had a good time. So uh, that's always, it's kind of like the Super Bowl of uh, festivals in the U.S. since. 
every radio station and you know every industry people come out so it's like a big big hang and uh definitely a festival you can make some noise if you uh kind of you know, put on the show that gets everyone talking so uh we had a great time and uh you know rocking the range is you know the shit <laughs> yeah and you know i was listening to the uh the performance on sirius so not you're playing to all those people at the actual concert and then it's also going out over the air um how, how do you feel about that do you like the fact that i mean sometimes you know you don't have control over the sound the mix that's going out over the air is that uh nerve-wracking for you or don't you give a shit i didn't really think about it uh while we're playing because you're kind of playing to the people that are there but uh, hopefully, you know, if it gets broadcasted that whoever's controlling the sound is, I guess, good. So, you know, because, you know, the show was amazing, played pretty, you know, at least you know, putting on a show, you know, felt felt good playing. So uh, hopefully it translates to the uh, the airwaves where, uh, you know, we don't we don't sound bad. <laughs> no, and you didn't. I didn't mean to imply that because it came out sounding good. Um, but, it, you know, it is a live thing going out over the air, so I always uh, wonder those, how, those how people go, feel about that. Those those things can go either way. It could sound really awesome, or it could just be like you could play fucking great at the show, and it sounds awesome, and everyone's fucking giving great reviews, and then on the radio it sounds like you're the worst band on the planet. Right. No, <laughs> well, that, that wasn't the case this time. So the, the last record to come out, Silence in the Snow back in October 2015. So still rather new. You still guys are you still are working that record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, be touring all year into next year. So it's been uh, it's been good. You know, uh, now that the record's been out for a while, you know, people have been able to you know kind of con- digest what what the record's all about, and it seems to uh, you know done well with fans and also. Uh, with uh, the new material catching on with uh, radio across America, there's been a lot of new people coming out to the party and a lot of new fans that are just discovering us that think we're a new band and don't realize this is our seventh album. Right. So it's it's great to, uh, you know, from touring all these years and playing all these festivals and seeing the amount of rock fans and metal fans that are in the country all over the place that have no idea who we are after all this time is, is like just like, wow. So uh, now that, you know, people, you know, we've been played on the radio, there's a lot of people that are actually finally discovering us. And it's a good feeling to know that uh, there's new fans out there to reach and that we're reaching them and, and the music's reacting with them. So, uh, you know, it's been been awesome. You know, we've been always working over the years trying to get our home country to uh, get it up to the level that we've built up around the world and all these other countries, you know. So it's kind of like rooting for the home team to, to kind of, you know, step it up. So it's been nice to see that it's what our game plan from, uh, you know, the last couple of years is, is really starting to come together. Cool. Devotion and putting in the time, it sounds like it's paying yeah, off for you been guys. A, been a, three albums of building to, uh, to this point of, you know, really focusing on America and uh, kind of changing the perception of, uh, you know, people that work at all these radio stations that, you know, when we first started going to radio, they all thought Trivium was like this, like death metal band from Europe. Yeah. So it's uh, it's been a, a slow kind of like turn in the Titanic. You know, it's like a slow turn, and uh, we've been you know persistent and working towards this goal. So it's it's nice to see that uh, all these years of patiently, uh, you know, working our asses off and and sticking to the plan is is really kind of turned the ship into a a positive direction for the band and a lot of people you know getting behind us to uh, really uh, 
you know, build, build what we do here in America. Right on. I want to ask you about the song Dead and Gone, it, the third or fourth single off the album, I believe. Uh, it's, I guess you could call it the fourth. Uh, two of the, the you know, songs were kind of pre-release, just promotion stuff. And, uh, but Until the World Goes Cold was like technically kind of like the first official single for uh, radio. And then Dead and Gone's the second. So it's like the second single that we're really pushing. Right. And um, yeah, it's just uh, it's a song that was an early on track that we were working on for the record. And just thought it always had, you know, from the beginning, everyone that heard that song just always thought it was, you know, a song that could be something special for the record and had a, a really cool vibe and a good, you know, kind of grooving song that felt that it would be a, a song that would really, I guess, I guess take the record to an, be a great way to push the record. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's been uh, really fresh. It just came out as a, a radio single. And music video. Yeah, it's like maybe like went to radio about like maybe like two weeks ago. So it's still really early on, but uh, it's slowly picking up and catching on. We've been playing it live. Seems people, you know, see people singing it and stuff. So it's definitely, uh, it's in the early stages, but uh, it's, it's looking uh, promising for you know, a follow-up single to uh, Till the World Goes Cold. Awesome. And, you know, it's a great music video, too. Great tune, great music video. It is uh, a concept video, which you don't see as much of any these days. Most videos I, I watch are just the band on a soundstage, you know, lip-syncing to the song. You guys aren't even in this video. This is a concept video, at least unless you're behind the mask uh, of, the, of the guy. But uh, did you uh, help with the concept of it, or did you have somebody come up with it for you? Uh, Matt... Matt and the guy that sh shoots all our videos, he's a good friend of ours. Um, there you go. Um, the uh, the concept for the video was uh, done with Matt and our uh, John Paul Douglas, who shot all our videos. He's a you know longtime friend of the band. He's worked on a couple of their records with uh, artwork and stuff. He's a photographer, so he did like the album art, uh, shot the album cover. Uh, band photos, like, you know, everything. He's just uh, kind of like our, our art guy. And uh, him and Matt came up with the concept for the video. And uh, something, you know, over the last couple records, you know, starting within Waves, you know, we kind of got into doing, you know, we didn't want to just do the same old metal video. So we, we, we've done a couple videos that are a little bit more uh, conceptualized and uh, have a story to it, kind of make you think a little bit more. Um, so... Yeah, it was just something we did, kind of, you know, every video for all the videos we've done for this new record are all kind of have their own thing going on. Still keeps the uh, the imagery, you know, with the skull guy um, in the videos, but, like, just drastically different styles of video. And then at Rock at the Range yesterday, we shot uh, live footage that we're going to do, like, a second video for Dead and Gone. That's like, it's uh, Since we have, like, the conceptual video um, storyline thing, we uh, shot... Uh, just live footage of Rock on the Range that we're just gonna do like kind of like a very simple, just kind of live uh, live video for the song, so people can see you know both sides of what the band does with the artsy side that we like to do, and also just like the energy of uh, what the band brings live. Right on. A couple quick questions, and then we'll let you go. Uh, gear. What what do you use? Guitars, uh, amp wise. What are you using? Uh, we have very simple setup. I just use my Jackson signature guitars through. Uh, Sure wireless into a Kemper, and that's it. Right. So it's everything's just kind of all the sounds, effects, everything's all in the Kemper, you know. So it's one-stop shop, very simple rig, yeah. 
Um, and then like a pedal board just to switch some channels. So uh, we like to bring, a, you know, simplistic, uh, you know, our sound isn't like super complicated with effects or anything like that. So it's very basic, only a couple, you know, like clean lead and a, a or clean channel, rhythm channel and a lead channel. So it's very simple and we do a lot of flying overseas and stuff like that. So we're able to bring our, you know, our sound everywhere we go and don't have to rely on rental gear or stuff sounding like shit. So, um, yeah, so it's a very simple setup. Right on. Now you guys are, I mean, at this point, really like 16, 17 years into this, right? Is that right? Uh, well, yeah, it's like the band started when they were like in middle school, high school. So you have like a number of years of just like the early on kind of developing as a musician right. kind of thing. But uh, the band's, you know, first record came out in 2003. So we've been uh, been touring since 04. So we've, you know, got over a little over a decade of uh, touring and recording experience. So um, I guess we're, even though we're still, all of us just turned 30, yeah. you know, we've got like 12, 13 years of recording and touring behind us. So we're uh, veterans for uh being a young band still <laughs> right on and in that 12 to 13 years who have been some of your your favorite bands to share a bill with um we definitely uh you know all the bands we grew up listening to whenever we get a chance to play a festival or play with them it's always awesome to be able to watch them um so you know we've we toured all over europe with iron maiden back in like 2007 which is like a holy grail of tours yeah um and you know we've gotten to play with Metallica, meet, meet the guys in Metallica, hang out with them. So it's like hanging out with your, your influences and your childhood heroes and be like on like a, a peer kind of somewhat of a level where they know who you are is pretty, pretty awesome. So um, just playing with all our favorite bands is always, you know, you know, kind of like surreal in a way that you can just go, go talk to them like just one of the guys. And so it's, that's always fun. Corey, have a great set today at the Rockin' Derby. We are here right outside of Albany, New York, and uh, a lot of great bands today. I'm very psyched to see you guys play. Awesome. Thank you very much, man.
What you just heard was the song Dead and Gone. A cool music video for that. We'll have that music video along with the uh, the Scream music video by Joel Hoekstra up in today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com. Cool, cool, cool. Thanks to uh, Corey from Trivium for joining us here on Talking Metal. And thanks to you, the listener, for supporting me and being with me here through all the years. It's uh, It's been great fun. Go to the show notes. Check out some shots from the uh, Rock and Derby. We'll have those up, some live uh, live performance shots that Emily took. If you missed the, the previous two episodes, we had uh, some more coverage from the Rock and Derby, and there's more photos from the Rock and Derby in the show notes for the previous two episodes of Talking Metal. And that'll do it. Support our sponsors. Support us. Use those Amazon links. PayPal donation, please. All right, guys, this is Experiment 34, a little interview with Experiment 34. The guy's name is Kevin, and uh, yeah, we'll end with some music by Experiment 34, but first, let's talk to Kevin. This was recorded at the Rock in Derby. Hey, it's Mark Striegel, and we have Kevin Naninchka here from Experiment 34. I just caught their set here at the Rock Derby. We are in upstate New York, right outside of Albany, New York. And Experiment 34, sounding great. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thank you for having us, Mark. It's an honor. Cool, and let's talk about the band. Very diverse band, a lot of different influences coming in. You're a guitar player. I hear funk influences coming through your guitar playing. I also hear metal influences. Who are some of your favorite non-metal guitar players? My favorite non-metal guitarist is Jimi Hendrix, actually. I'm just, he's, hands down, he's my favorite guitarist of all time. That's the reason why I play guitar. Uh, and I'd say, yeah, that's about, it. that's about it. How about when it comes to more of the hard rock, the metal players, are there certain guys you look up to, certain guys who have been a big influence on you? Uh, Jerry Cantrell from Alice in Chains, of course. He's one of my favorites. Uh, Zach Wild, of course. He's... One of, another reason why I play guitar. Well, all these guitars are some of the reasons why I play guitar. Angus Young, too. He's he's great. I was actually him for Halloween in sixth grade. I dressed up as a little schoolboy and I walked around with my SG and a little amplifier. Nice. <laughs> nice. I love that. Um, cool. Let's talk about the band. It is Experiment 34. You guys are out of New Brunswick, New Jersey. 
and you have uh, a bunch of songs up on, I guess, what is it, the, the Bandcamp website? Yeah, I heard them up there. They sounded great. And is it a three-song EP? Yes. And Charism- Charismania. Charismatic? Charismatic. Charismatic, that's right. It's, uh, it's an original word we sort of came up with. Um, it's one day we are just sitting around just messing around with saying words, charismatic, and then it, that led to charismatic. Charismatic. So it's a three-song EP, and is it exclusively is it like a, a digital thing, or is there hard copies available? We have uh, digital available on Spotify, iTunes, um, Amazon, and Bandcamp, and you can stream it for free on SoundCloud, and there also is a physical copy you can get. You can email us, and we can send it to you in the mail. Um, you can email us at experiment34, 34 spelled out, at gmail.com, or you can contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or even Instagram. Perfect. And where did you guys record these three tracks? We recorded at Lake House Studios in Asbury Park. And the reason why we picked there is because we got a tour of the place and it just felt like home. Like we, we just felt they liked us, we liked them. It's not like they were trying to be like, oh, maybe you should do this here and this there. We just went in there and we played and they recorded us. So it was, it was awesome. Shout out to Tim Panella. He was the one who uh, recorded us and mixed and mastered at the EP. And he did a really, really good job. Perfect. Uh, I also wanted to ask you about some of the special thanks on the on the EP. I saw you guys th- thanked Keith Roth, yeah. who we Keith Roth, who I know from uh, Ozzy's Boneyard and yep. Sirius Radio. Where do you guys know him? Are you friends with him? Actually, Matt, the singer, his dad uh, works for the Courier News, uh, based in New Jersey, and he works for My Central Jersey Home News Tribune. I'm sorry, Home News Tribune. And uh, he just knows, he has a lot of contacts, and Keith is one of his friends. He hooked us up. So shout out to Bob Macon, who hooked us up with the uh, contact. Very cool. And let's talk about future plans. Are you guys playing any upcoming dates we should know about? What's going on touring-wise? Well, uh, we actually just bought a trailer and a truck, and we took the trailer up here for the first time. It was scary. It was terrifying driving the uh, 27-foot trailer. This is our first tour mini tour i guess but uh we're playing this wednesday may 25th at the bitter end in the uh new york city it's like a showcase kind of thing uh then june 4th is our next show after that at the court tavern in new brunswick and after that we're going to be hitting the studio again in july at uh, lake house studio to um record three more songs three or four more songs that we're going to release as singles Cool. Well, we got to wrap it up right now, but what can we play for the Talking Metal listeners uh, to take us out here, Kevin? I would go with Three Days in a Chamber. You got it. Three Days in a Chamber. Again, the band is Experiment 34. Check them out, guys. And we will have pictures up with Kevin in today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com. Check them out.
guys, it was a little Experiment 34, three days in a chamber. Thanks for joining us here on Talking Metal. All the best.